Welcome to 630 Naperville. I'm Nathan Ronchetti. Paige is off on assignment this week, so I'm holding down the fort, and I'm so glad you're here. Today on the program, we'll learn to recognize the signs of a stroke, take a look back at Mayor Chirico's time in office, discover how to grow in a greener way, and hear why Nancy Chen wouldn't trade her home in Naperville for anywhere else. But first, we're off to Knock Knoll to learn a bit more about the growing sport of disc golf. I'm Samira Luthman from the Naperville Park District, and welcome to Park It. Today I'm at beautiful Knock Knolls Park, and I'm joined by our Parks Operations Manager for the South Region, John Tepper. And John also is a disc golf enthusiast. So I'm here today with John in the hopes that he can tell me a little bit about the game. Welcome, John. Hi, Samira. How's it going? Good, how about you? Good, it is a gorgeous day and I'm ready to learn about disc golf. Right, so let's do it. I hear you're the person to teach me about that. <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. <laughs> So I'm what you would consider a newbie. I really haven't played. I've just kind of thrown the discs around here and there a little bit. So let's start with the basics. What do I need for equipment? Sure. So at a lot of your um, sporting goods stores or online, you can find what's called a starter pack. Okay. Those will come with a putter, a mid-range, and a driver. Mm -hmm. The putter is a little bit wider with more of a blunt nose. Okay. These go straighter and they go for a shorter distance. Um, a mid-range is more of your utility disc. It has a little bit sharper edge to it. Mm -hmm. It'll fly through the air better, but it won't go as, it'll go further than a putter, but not as far as a driver. And then the last thing is a driver. So this has your sharper nose to it. It'll cut through the air great, okay. um, but it's a little bit more difficult to control than your other discs. Well, what's interesting is I'm listening to you talk, it, you're using a lot of ball golf terminology. A lot of the terminology in disc golf are, is the same as you'll find in ball golf. So um, the discs, we'll recall putter and driver are the same. Um, how you score the holes, we'll say uh, birdie, par, bogey, mm -hmm. that terminology is the same. Then also like tee pads and targets and the way that the game is played is very similar to where you start at one spot and then you're aiming towards a target at the end. Interesting, a lot of synergies mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So I really like to learn how to play, but it's a little intimidating starting something new and there's 18 holes out here at Knock Knolls Park. And what can you tell me about disc golf, whether it's the course layout or scoring or kind of just the basics to get me comfortable and ready to play? So out here at Knock Knolls, we have a handful of holes that will have multiple different tee pads. So the red tee pads are a little bit easier and more designed for a beginner or someone that's more entry level. And then we have white tee pads, which uh, tend to be a little bit further or placed in more difficult locations. Mm -hmm. And then some of the holes have uh, what we call an A basket and a B basket. The A baskets are a little bit shorter or in easier locations. Okay. And the B baskets are further and in more difficult locations to get to. So you can choose kind of what track you want to use depending on your skill level. And it sounds like you can kind of grow into the game too. You can start and start with the easier path and then as you get better you can challenge yourself. 
Most definitely. That That's a great part about this course and a lot of other courses in the area. That's excellent. So is there an optimal age or athletic ability that people need to have if you're going to be good at disc golf? We see every age and demographic out here. Okay. People um, just like to come out, enjoy the nature, and it's free to come out. So um, we see everyone just trying to get exercise or very competitive players. That's pretty cool. And it's just beautiful out here with all the nature. Little, do you see little kids out here playing too? Yeah, or? actually, my daughter's three years old and she comes out oh, and plays. She's already into it. That's yeah. awesome. That's super cool. Well, I guess we've come to the point where I want to learn. So I want you to teach me how to play. Can you show me some tips and tricks? Sure thing. Let's do that. All right, cool. First thing you want to do is get your grip correct. Mm -hmm. So grab the disc like you're throwing hands with it. Okay. Four fingers on the bottom and your thumb on top. All right. Okay, then you're gonna line your shoulder up with your target where you would like to throw. And I'm gonna have you start by standing still. You're gonna reach directly, directly back and then pull and just follow through. Wow, you really made that look effortless. Guess it's my turn. Come on, give it a try. <laughs> All, right. Great. All right, let's see what I can do here. So I've got the disc, I'm gripping it like this. Bring it across. Very good. <laughs> Great work. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Thanks. Not, not bad for a first time out, right? I definitely need some more practice. I appreciate your expert tutorial, John. It's a lot of fun. I can see where you get hooked on disc golf. It's a beautiful environment out here at Knock Knowles Park. If you're interested in disc golf, come on out to Knock Knowles and give it a try. It's a lot of fun. It's a free activity. And I hope you enjoyed today. John, thanks for being my guest. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next time on Park It. Every 40 seconds, someone in the United States has a stroke. Stroke is the fifth leading cause of death and a major cause of long-term disability in adults. Joining us today on 630 Naperville is Dr. Ermina Mukhtarar, a stroke neurologist with Edward Elmhurst Health. She's here to help us recognize the signs of a stroke and offer suggestions on how to prevent one. Welcome, doctor. Thank you for having me. Of course. So to, to kick things off, just wanted to make sure we can start with a good definition of, of a stroke and talk through you know, what it is. So stroke is sudden loss of blood flow to the brain. It can happen either due to a blocked vessel from a clot or when a blood vessel ruptures. Um, stroke symptoms often occur suddenly and early recognition is key. An easy way to remember is to use the acronym BFAST, uh, which stands for balance, eyes, face, arm, speech, and time. Common stroke symptoms are sudden loss of balance or trouble walking, sudden difficulty seeing in one or both eyes. Mm. A person may have face, arm, numbness, or weakness, sudden speech difficulty, and sometimes it can present as sudden severe headache. Okay. So, so BFAST is the, the big you know, chorus of things that can happen. What if we're only seeing one symptom? If you or someone has any signs of stroke, even mild, don't wait. Okay. Call 911 immediately and get to the hospital right away. When you're having a stroke, every minute counts. Sooner the treatment, better the outcome. Okay, so time sensitive is, is a key thing. And then once we get in, what are some of the, the treatment practices that can happen? Nathan, uh, time is the of the essence when it comes to stroke treatments. Uh, we can treat patients with clot busting medication within three to four and a half hours. Uh, best if it is given in the first 60 minutes. Uh, and in some cases we can perform mechanical clot removal procedures even up to 24 hours. Oh. Again, it is important to know these treatments are more effective and more likely to help patients when given early. Excellent. So we know time is of the essence. Be fast is really the key to be aware of. Absolutely. And then I want to avoid a stroke. 
I want to make sure I can make changes, be proactive. I want to change my lifestyle or my diet. What steps can I take to be proactive in that area? Strokes are preventable. Up to 80% of the stroke can be prevented by working with your healthcare providers to control risk factors. The common modifiable risk factors are hypertension. That's mm. the number one cause for both ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. Uh, other risk factors are uh, cigarette smoking, mm. high cholesterol, diabetes, uh, and atrial fibrillation. So we're keeping an eye on those and... and watching any kind of those, yeah. those co-symptoms? Definitely, in addition to you know, controlling your risk factors, uh, making lifestyle changes, such as um, eating healthy, you know, low-fat, low-cholesterol diet, um, exercising regularly, um, reducing weight, and, and, and smoking cessation. Excellent. And so we're thinking about that. I'm, I'm going to make some changes. Is it something I need to worry about now, or can I wait a little bit? You know, is, is, is this something I need to think about in the current state, or is it you know strokes only for when I'm, I'm older? No. Stroke can happen at any age. Mm. You know, definitely the risk increases as we get older, uh, but certainly you know uh, maintaining a healthy lifestyle, uh, watching you know if you're developing any risk factors, uh, controlling them, uh, all these will reduce your chances for having stroke significantly. Excellent. So we'll keep awareness to to be fast, and then we'll we'll work to be proactive to maintain our health. Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much, Doctor. My pleasure. Thank you. After the break, we'll take a closer look at Mayor Steve Chirico's time in office and his lasting impact on the community. Stay with us. He took his victims at night. They were never heard from again. We were there when true crime podcasts spiked your anxiety. Maybe try binging something less intense next time. We were there for that. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. Up next, we're taking a look back at Mayor Chirico's service to the Naperville community. Hi, Steve Chirico. When Steve Chirico first took the oath of office in 2015, having been elected to the office of mayor, little did he know of the trials and tribulations that would test his leadership in unthinkable ways. From devastating tornadoes, to social unrest, to a global pandemic. It was very stressful, but I'm glad someone like me was there to do it you know, when we needed it. From vibrant to silent, city streets across the country, including our own, emptied during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Many businesses had to shut their doors and mayors nationwide were forced to make the difficult decision to cut staff and city services. Our residents and our city and our businesses are going to need our services more now than they did before the pandemic. And so by keeping our staff employed and providing those services, when we came out the other side, we didn't miss a beat. In the thick of a pandemic also came social unrest. The killing of George Floyd at the hands of police sparked national outrage. As protesters took to Naperville streets, tensions escalated. Making the decision to personally get out there and, and, and face it and get involved was um, controversial. When I addressed all our high school kids and took a knee with them, because these kids were just, you know, they wanted they want the same thing we all want. They want a, a better society. Taking a step towards a better society for everyone, 
The mayor and his staff added diversity and inclusion into the city's mission statement and hired their first diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, manager, Dr. Janice Williams. If people have a seat at the table and we listen to all these different viewpoints, it'll lead to better and much better public policy. A pandemic, social unrest, and then to top it off, a tornado destroying the Cinnamon Creek neighborhood. It was pretty chaotic. It was like being in an emergency room after a major accident happened and you know a lot of people were in the emergency room and doctors and nurses and aides and everybody, they were all running around like crazy, but they all knew what they were doing. They were all doing their job and they are all just sticking to their playbook. Throughout all these challenges, Mayor Cherko stuck to his original playbook, which was getting the city in better financial shape. Naperville had been for about 15 years taking on a fair amount of debt. We were spending all our cash reserves and we were deferring maintenance. So our, our goal was to reduce our debt by 25%. We have, I think, hit 37%. That saves us like three and a half to four million dollars a year in interest. Cherico wanted to increase city revenue. And to do that, he says he and his team remained laser focused on economic development. Nearly a dozen empty commercial properties were all filled with new businesses during Cherico's tenure. Now, this is the way you can achieve all these financial goals, continue to make sure that our schools are properly funded going forward, and do this all without raising property taxes. And a mayorship marked by one defining moment after another, Steve Cherico looks back with great pride and forward with great hope. I want to continue to be you know, that city that is looked at as the type of city that others want to be like. You know, I think I'm leaving it in a better place you know, than when I took it over. I'm Kevin Maychuk for NCTV 17. Whether you're starting a garden for the first time or simply looking for ways to make your existing garden more eco-friendly, we've got you covered with these sustainable gardening tips from Jim Kleinwalker from the Naperville Conservation Organization. Welcome to the program, Jim. Glad to be here, Nathan. Thank you. Excellent. So if I'm looking to make my garden more environmentally friendly, where's a good place to start? Well, we deal with a bunch of things. A lot of people want to be connected to nature. So the birds and the butterflies, very few people ask me to bring snakes or <laughs> skunks to their yard. Right. So it's pretty safe by saying, let's bring the birds and the butterflies and let's conserve water and let's deal with the trees and the structure we have already and solve problems is kind of what I bring to people. Excellent. So we can start small and kind of build over time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very cool. And so you've brought a friend. And so yeah. I'm wondering, you know, reducing water is always something we can think about to be more sustainable. And so this looks like a good way to conserve and collect water. If people want to collect, I mean, the, the big message we're trying to bring to people is that water is a resource. Yes. And typically we're thinking of water as being a waste product and how do I get it out of my yard and it's puddling over here or the problems. Oh yes. And so you try to turn that around and say, you know, this is the water for the, uh, that is collected, rainwater is much better for the dogs and the plants and catching some of it if you can and using it in your pots and indoors. I use it on my indoor plants and I have basil like a tree in my uh, oh. kitchen window because rainwater helps the life of the plants. So you bring some of that to people, and even if they don't catch it in a rain barrel, not everybody's gonna have a rain barrel, but um, using it in their plants, so rain gardens and bioswales and things like that to absorb water and keep it in the soil. So a rain garden, that's something that helps kind of 
put water in the right course for where I would want it in my yard. Yeah, when I go to people's yards, typically they have water, it's in the wrong place. It's on yeah. the sidewalk or someplace and I can't get rid of the water so you can move it. You know, instead of having it here, we can have it over there. But part of the idea is, you know, isn't rocket science that uh, water's gonna go to the low spot. So we create a low spot. If, the, if it's not low there already, and if it's lower than the sidewalk, water will just tend to go there. And we plant these beautiful plant gardens in those areas. Plants love that water, mm -hmm. and it's a win-win situation. Excellent. And so you mentioned butterflies. And so I'm, I'm wondering, you're saying there's a way I can make friends with some insects and creepy crawlers. <laughs> yeah, and bring that, you know, everybody loves the butterflies. The bees come along for the ride. So while this little butterfly is flitting about, the bees are in there working, doing what they do. So it's all, all pollinators together, but we make, we call it a butterfly garden and yeah, it yeah. helps marketing and sales. But um, planting the right plants, we even have a chart. So if anybody wants to know, just like a recipe book for cooking, mm. there's a recipe book for butterflies. If you want the monarch, we all know that it has to have milkweed to lay its eggs on. But swallowtail butterflies, for example, they lay their eggs on dill and fennel and some other plants. So this book not only shows you the butterflies, but it also identifies what they need to lay their eggs on. Excellent. And, and so you've mentioned basil, dill, you know, salad ingredients, but things that also can be beneficial for us. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And the same thing on the plants. They're going to be, you're not going to lose prettiness just because we've gone to native. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have the understanding that with these native plants, which are sustainable, they're in, they were in Illinois for 10,000 years more. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that um, by, plant, by changing the plants from stuff from that was in Europe or China um, and putting in the stuff from our area, you're not going to lose beauty mm -hmm. and you're going to gain function. Okay, so give me the dirt on composting. You know, to me, it seems like something that would be hard to do and I'm not sure where to start. How can I start? Well, we sell the composters because people would come to me and say, where would I get that? And shipping them is very difficult. They're bulky like a rain barrel. Yeah. And so we have them right in Naperville and we get them out to the communities. And just bringing that education to people that it's simple as collecting your kitchen scraps mm. and putting them in this container with a lid. Um, all the kitchen scraps, yard waste, Leaves, sticks, debris can all go in the composter and it turns it into um, rich organic material that can be used to in your garden beds, in your flower gardens, even where the grass is not growing well. It's usually compacted clay and that organic material helps enrich the soil. So is there any way I could do composting wrong? No, it, if you don't add the right ingredients um, in the right mixtures, it just takes a little longer. Okay. But it's a matter of um, we help people get the right ratios and then tell them to turn it a little bit. Yeah. And it, there is no, it doesn't smell, doesn't make noise. So there's really not going to be anybody screaming about it. And if it's not at its optimal condition, it just takes a little longer. That's, that's the downside. Excellent. I appreciate these tips. It's, it's putting us on a path to a more sustainable and, and greener garden. That's what we're trying to do is bring that education and information to people so that they will actually take that step. Excellent. Thanks so much, Jim. Thank you. After the break, we're finding out more about the Naperville woman behind the Chinese American Women in Action group. Stay with us. 
Oh yeah, I'll take one of your specials, my man. There you go, princess. We were there when you explored questionable street meat. Maybe read the reviews next time? We were there for that. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. Stay in the know at home or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back. Up next, Liz Spencer chats with Naperville notable Nancy Chen. We'll find out why, even after living all over the world, she wouldn't trade her home in Naperville for anywhere else. Thank you for joining us on Naperville Notables. My guest today is Nancy Chen. She has a rich history of public and community service and is the founding president of Chinese American Women in Action, or Kawa, right here in Naperville. Welcome, Nancy. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Liz. So I wanted to, um, our viewers to get to know you a little bit better. So what might be three of your top accomplishments? Let's start with our first one. My first one, I was think, thinking back, was um, my coming to America. Sure. You know, the decision to decide that, that I would like to come here to study and seek better opportunities for myself. But it was also a hard decision mm -hmm. because it isn't something like these days some people just pack up and go. We have to study hard on English. We have to pass the English exam and everything. And then the hardest part is to leave my family behind, mm -hmm. my parents, my sibling and relatives. And so in hindsight, it was a courageous move, you mm -hmm. know, coming with a single suitcase, going on a campus, study, learn, still have to master language, and then also culture differences, um, and study. So I would say that was probably the biggest accomplishment for me to be, to have decided to come. That's, well, it is a big accomplishment, and, and takes a lot of courage. I think you're absolutely right. What did that lead to? Well, so after studying, um, I became a teacher for five years, elementary school teachers. And my husband and I settled in Naperville in 1972, and we started our family here in Naperville. So since then, we've been here. Uh, we raised our two children, daughter and son. They went to the Naperville public school system. Uh, they've grown. My daughter moved back to Naperville. Uh, we have a granddaughter who is 12 years old now, and she's following the footsteps of her mother and her uncle going through the Naperville Public Schools. So I really feel that my uh, another big accomplishment is that, that we are setting the deep roots down in mm -hmm. Naperville as a third-generation American family. Right, and I think that th that, that is your shining example of what America's all about is coming and, and laying down roots and, and building the next generation. So what would be a third accomplishment that you would count? So my third accomplishment, other than uh, my family life, is that I had an opportunity to work in public service. You know, I have had a great public service career, starting from working for uh, then U.S. Senator Paul Simon in 1985. And from there, I had the opportunity to work for President Clinton uh, at the White House in, in, in his uh, 
presidential uh, personnel office, uh, doing outreach for Asian Americans who were seeking appointments. And I ended up serving something that has always been my passion, and that is championing for work uh, women. And I was the uh, regional director of Women's Bureau at the US Department of Labor. And what we did was that to educate women about their working rights and promote their better career opportunities. And so from that public service career, that really helped me to define uh, myself mm -hmm. and define the life, not only for the career, also after my retirement too. Mm -hmm. And uh, after retirement, as you mentioned, that I started a organization, Chinese American Women in Action, in based in Naperville. And basically it is to encourage my community members, especially Chinese American women, to actually involved in civic and community activities and to create a real sense of belonging for all of us. That's wonderful. Well, it's, it, to me, you've just been so thoughtful in, in all your moves and of helping, of growing a family and now you know, working in public service and, and helping women. So let's, let's change topics a little bit. Um, you also have a passion for cooking. So tell me a little bit my, what might be a favorite recipe of yours. Sure. I wouldn't say it was a passion for cooking when I was young at home, you know, I didn't have to cook. But coming to America and then, you know, starting a family, um, it really forced me into having to learn to cook. Mm -hmm. And in the early, the late 70s and early 80s, um, most women, uh, friends that I know, that didn't work. And then so we, and, and also Chinese, there weren't a lot of Chinese restaurants serving authentic Chinese food. Mm -hmm. Or there weren't groceries like these days that, right. you know, they're abundant of different kind of uh, groceries that you can purchase. So we learned to cook and to share recipes. And that's why where I developed it turned out to be a pretty good cook. <laughs> As I mentioned that I even taught cooking class at a Naperville cooking school. And that's where I, um, develop a recipe that was enjoyed by my family. And this is the one called Chinese chicken salad. And the Chinese chicken salad is a blend of using American uh, ingredients, for example, iceberg lettuce, um, and with chicken, peanuts, and put together. And over the years, my, my family loved it. I always serve at special times. And these days, my granddaughter even learned how to uh, help me making it, shred the chicken, you know, slice the onions and lettuce. And uh, also this recipe has made it into the cookbook that's published by the Museum of Chinese in America. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds delicious. It is. And I would like you to try it someday. You, I have to make it for you guys. <laughs> that's right. Well, we'll take you up on that offer. Okay. So, so as, you, as you reflect back, if you couldn't live in the U.S., would you want to live anyplace else? That's a very good question. And then, you know, I think that probably elicits a lot of dreamy answers for other people. Absolutely. But for me, you know, I was born in China, grew up in Taiwan, and I made a conscientious choice to come to America. And over the years, I've traveled to many countries, seen wonderful places, but I still consider that America is my home, and especially in Naperville. This is a place, you know, where we set our roots down, you know, now three generations. This is home, and I wouldn't trade it for anywhere else. So I hope that I would not have to actually ever consider having to choose somewhere else to live. 
That's a wonderful answer to that question because we often do have have dreamy aspirations mm -hmm. for vacations, but there is something nice about coming home. Yes. Nancy, thanks for joining me. It was wonderful to get to know you a little bit better. We'll be excited to watch you and Kawa and see where you take us in the future to learn more about Chinese American women in action and what you can do for us. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. And thanks for joining us for Naperville Notables. Thanks for joining me here on NCTV 17. And now you know from 630 Naperville.